I'm Pat McKay, and this is Providence Ventures Radio, where we talk specifically about funding the future of healthcare. That is our focus here. That will always be our focus forever and ever. You can hold me to that. We're very lucky to have three guests with us today, Aaron Martin from Providence Ventures and Eric Langshire and Ted Meisel from Avia. So basically a whole crew of really smart folks hanging out, or at least three. I'm just here to host, but at least three really smart people who are doing some very interesting things in healthcare innovation. Thanks for being on the podcast today, everybody. How are we all doing? Just great. Great to be with you, Pat. Great. I'm just going to jump right in here. Aaron Martin, as mentioned, you're with Providence. You've got a lot of titles. <laughs> and I have to say, they all sound important. These are not fluff titles. You are, in fact, the Executive Vice President and Chief Digital Officer for Providence St. Joseph Health, which is the third largest not-for-profit healthcare provider in the U.S. Did I get that right? Yep, absolutely. And then you're also the Managing General Partner of Providence Ventures, and that, of course, is the person and the role we want to talk with today. We'll get into some detail about you and Providence Ventures, uh, but to start us off, Maybe just give us a quick rundown on what being the managing general partner of Providence Ventures entails. What Providence Ventures is, is it's a $150 million venture fund that was founded a few years ago. Um, we've made 13 investments so far. I'm very fortunate to have three other investing partners, Dan Gallus, Christiana De La Rosa, and uh, Jeff Stolte. What we did, um, you know, three or four years ago was to, you know, A, decide that we were going to make uh, investments in healthcare IT and tech-enabled services businesses that would not only be, you know, great investments, but probably more importantly to Providence uh, St. Joseph's, add strategic value. You know, obviously, we got a couple other guests here who, who are... Uh are obviously part of that, 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 that team of folks you're talking about who are out there trying to, who are crushing things and uh, jumping on some very specific problems in the healthcare field. Um, one of them is uh, uh, Eric Langshire, also with us. Um, no shortage of titles over here either. Uh, Eric is involved with a lot, and I mean a lot, of values-based health enterprises. Is that an accurate way to put it, Eric? Sure all of which you serve as either a director or a board member. You are also the co-founder and managing partner of Abundant Venture Partners, a human wellness incubator. And last but not at all least, you're the co-founder and CEO of Avia, the company we want to talk about today. So again, welcome, Eric. Thanks, Pat. Good to be here. You're joined by your Avia co-founder, Ted Meisel. Ted's been around the block a few times. He's the former CEO of Overture Services a billion-dollar company that eventually sold to Yahoo, um, as well as a former investor at Elevation Partners, which had stakes in both Facebook and Yelp. And Ted, you currently serve as a board member and an advisor on a couple of endeavors in the health field focused on reform and other kinds of change. Is uh, that correct? That's right, Pat. Yeah. And I, I noticed that you, you, um, I'm the only one you referred to as having been around the block a few times. <laughs> oh. That's my bad. 
Clearly, uh, you have the best skin. I can, I can, I'm, that's for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not actually looking at your face, but I'm quite sure that's the case. <laughs> nice pit, nice recovery. <laughs> also, as, as mentioned, um, Ted, you're Eric's partner at Avia. So you're quite involved in keeping that company's mission on track. Uh, thanks again for being here, Ted. Thanks for having me today. I want to come back to you, Eric. First off, just uh, quickly tell us about Avia, particularly from the standpoint of what problem is Avia trying to solve and why is that important? Well, it's a modest problem, Pat. We are, we are now a network of about $150 billion of net patient revenue of really leading health systems like Providence who have come together to, to collaborate, really to accelerate the pace of transformation of, of care delivery. And Ted... You're working with Eric on everything that you guys do, I would imagine. So I have to know uh, between you two, uh, who's the uh, who's the funny one? Oh, I sure. I always tell Eric that he's the funny one, <laughs> and I always tell Ted that he's the good-looking one. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I, you know, I get very curious about about the partners thing. Partnership can obviously be a very powerful force in in, in many fields. You know, throughout my own career, I had, uh, I, I, you know, most of it, I had partnerships. And I think in the most successful one, we didn't even like each other, um, you know, but, uh, but you know, we, we grew to like each other and it, and it worked. So I'm just curious, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit, you know, how, how you guys work together and, and how your approaches are, are different to uh, sort of looking after the company mission. Well, one way that we differ is I always defer to Ted. Ted? And, and I rarely defer to Ted, <laughs> in all seriousness. One of the, uh, Pat, you, you know, I think you're right, making partnerships work can always be challenging. I think from the beginning, Eric and I were clear in this case that Eric would run the company. So that's why he carries the CEO title. And my focus would be on figuring out what's next, and problem solving within the company. As you know, from bu building ventures, there is no shortage of problems and challenges that crop up. And it's really a luxury, having, having sat in the CEO seat myself, I know it's really a luxury to be able to take somebody that you know shares common values and deeply understands the mission of the company and have one person go solve that problem while another is making sure that you know, most of the business stays on the rails. Things would not be able to run as smoothly, you know, uh, if you guys had to try and be the same guy, had the same skill set. Obviously, those differences would make a big difference for you guys. Aaron, um, do, you, uh, do you also notice uh, uh, the different roles in Eric and Ted? I think Ted uh, described it well. And, and I would also say that what's, what's interesting about both of them is incredible sense of mission and incredible sense of uh, passion about the problem that they're working on, uh, which is, uh, you know, helping health systems kind of transform themselves from kind of where we are to where we need to be. The partnership is a wonderful thing. And, and as we all know, that this work that we're doing is hard. And to be able to do it with, uh, you know, with someone uh, for whom, you know, one holds such respect and affection is a, um, you know, it's just, it's a wonderful privilege because the work is a challenge and there's, you know, there's great moments and there's lots of uh, challenging moments. So be able to turn to, to one another and, 
and share then the, the good moments and the tougher moments is is really a great privilege. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I agree with that. Yeah, definitely well said. So Aaron, how'd you get involved with these guys? How did Eric and Ted's excellent adventure end up becoming involved with Providence Ventures? <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, Avia had been around for, you know, a year or two prior to me joining Providence. And I'd been out of healthcare for 15 years and was kind of coming back into it. I think I spoke to Eric like once before, you know, we'd already had a relationship with them, uh, with Avia before, you know, kind of I joined and, and I said, look, you know, what's the fastest way that I can get up to speed on the industry, what's going on and what's important. And he said, well, are you going to this thing called HIMSS? And I said, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to the, I didn't even know what it was. It was, and it turns out it's like the biggest trade show in healthcare IT. You know, he said, well, look, I'll kind of hook you up with a bunch of uh, meetings with people that I think you should get to know in the industry. Within a matter of two weeks, I had my entire schedule filled for three days at Hems. You know, it was a little bit overwhelming learning that much and having those kinds of conversations that fast. And I remember having dinner with uh, Eric and Ted, and my first reaction was, I need a drink. <laughs> you know, this was a lot to kind of consume all at once. And then the second was, this is going to be really hard. Like this is no, you know, I'd heard how difficult healthcare was going to be, but, you know, I just talked to a bunch of really, really smart people and they, they kind of schooled me on all the challenges. I felt like I just clicked with them immediately. It was truly amazing. So how did you guys end up kind of working together from there? Did you sort of get to know them a little bit more gradually, you know, after the fire hose experience and kind of getting, you know, more than your feet wet, really, you know, you were all the way up to your chest in, in water, it sounds like. But after that, was it, did you kind of gradually kind of evolve towards seeing some of their innovations? Did you immediately say, hey, come in and pitch me some of your stuff. Let's get going. How did that kind of work? Both Eric and Ted were incredibly generous with their time. They were incredibly thoughtful and patient thought partners, everything from what should our strategy be to how should we staff, how should we get engaged with the health system? You know, for, for, for me, it was a, it was a challenge, honestly, of, you know, people wanted to learn, but how do you most effectively kind of teach them about, you know, how would a technology organization approach a problem differently? And so they were just great sounding boards and partners and in, in, in that whole conversation. Eric and Ted, I'd love to, I'd love to hear, uh, about some of this from you. I mean, it kind of sounds like, do you guys potentially, or are you working as a sort of triumvirate? Is Aaron kind of your third partner? Um, it sounds like, you know, you, uh, you, you, he gets involved in, in, the, in the process early, talking strategy, talking some of the other aspects of, of going to market there. It doesn't sound like that it's a, it's a normal pitch situation where you where he's asking you guys to just button things up and kind of pour it out in a room, you know, uh, with more polished ideas. It sounds like you kind of work together. Well, we've got the good fortune of having Aaron sit on our board, which is terrific. So, you know, Aaron is decisively engaged in in what it is that we do and how we do it. And, you know, our business continues to, to grow and, and evolve and, be, you know, get more complicated. And so, you know, having Aaron's, you know, thought partnership and, and really, you know, the thought leadership and the role that Aaron has, has really carved out uh, within the industry by virtue of everything that he's built and everything that's going on, you know, across uh, Providence has been, um, you know, has been fantastic for us. 
we are you know, excited to be doing this work together. And to elaborate a bit, we're lucky to be able to work with Providence, which is investing so much into uh, defining the future of healthcare. So as a partner to us, Providence is unique and Aaron's unique because Aaron has built companies, so he's an operator. You're, Pat, you're absolutely right. This is, um, a, it's a privilege to be able to work closely with Aaron and it's almost like a third partner. There's a, a stat on the uh, obvious site that says the average hospital takes 23 months to get from discovering a digital need to actually scaling a solution. So, you know, basically almost two years between recognizing that a situation needs to change and then finally implementing something. Is that still true right now, that nearly two-year timeline on, on, on innovations? Uh, I would say across our network, since that data came from a, a study that we did with the American Hospital Association just last year, I would say that you know the needle really hasn't moved across the industry in general around that statistic. But what I'd also point out is, and when we double-click on that data point, what we learn is that 11 months of the 23 months were spent in legal contracting uh, for the for the early stage solutions. And you talk to any entrepreneur, and they'll be they'll pull their hair out and groan. Um, and you know that is absolutely emblematic of the opportunity that we all have to create you know better processes, standard work, and, and, and develop tools that we can put in the hands of you know entrepreneurs and health systems everywhere, just to make. You know, just to streamline that work. Two years, I mean, two years from start to implementation. It's just too long. How do you sort of get to market? You know, how do you wade through sort of the uh, the legal process? And is there, are, are there any kind of specific things you could say about that, particularly for people who maybe want to want to get into this kind of work, who want to who, who want to start a wellness incubator and, and have innovations or someone who might want to get involved with the investing side? The headline answer is to join the Avia network and use us as a partner to help. We actually ran a set of numbers recently on this. And, you know, your kind of perception about how long things take uh, lags the reality. We're actually seeing shorter and shorter uh, cycles to put into place like, you know, what I would call like a detailed digital strategy that does is it creates alignment in the organization which speeds up, you know, approvals, it puts more pressure on the teams to kind of deliver. So what we've been kind of focusing on the last two years uh, with obvious help is like, okay, so let's figure out, you know, what are the areas that we want to focus on that we think can kind of really move the needle from a digital standpoint, and then get the organization kind of behind that. And then, you know, really start to drive uh, these projects faster. And we're seeing a lot, lot faster kind of turnaround times to where it used to be. The other thing I would also kind of call out, and maybe Eric can, and Ted can kind of talk more about this, is, you know, getting, you know, kind of some industry standards around, like, what should you be asking for in a contract? Um, because what happens is, you know, a lot of health systems just kind of throw in the kitchen sink on these 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 startups and, it just kills them in the negotiation because a lot of the stuff that's being asked for is just not relevant. I'll let Eric kind of, you know, opine on that because this is something that Avi is really working on. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. When we think about creating standard work at, you know, at every turn, every day within Avia, so, and, and basically leveraging best practices. And, you know, Aaron, you and your team have been amazing about this. And, and you've said to us over and over, 
you know, if if there's something good that has come out of you know the work that that um, Providence is doing, you know, please please just shamelessly take it and share it across the network. And really, that is the spirit of of you know what we're up to is taking you know taking the work that's been done and that's really the the best in class and sharing it in, in standard ways across you know really across the healthcare system. So to your you know your point with um, with you know the legal contracts, it's um, it's really remarkable when we bring together you know chief counsels and legal officers from across our network to say, hey, how do we you know, how do we make this process better and how do we protect ourselves and, you know, and streamline and reduce costs and friction from this process so, so we can actually get to the work more quickly? In fact, it's not uncommon for many of our members to spend more on, you know, external, you know, fees with, ex- with outside counsel than they, they would spend on the actual, you know, agreement or, or solution company service that they're buying. And, you know, we, um, we get excited about you know about solving problems like that at ev- basically at every single turn of of the process. So from project definition to requirements definition to getting to getting um, buy in from all the constituents in the health system who who really do need to buy in to you know to you know support with implementation and best practice implementation pay, um, playbooks, and then importantly also including the the metrics to be used to measure. Invalidate that there's a return on the investment that's being spent, and again, it's another area where we just see, you know, we see an opportunity to leverage, you know, best-in-class work product, share it broadly, and really drive efficiency in order to reduce the the cycle time, start to finish of these projects. Where would you like Avia and Providence Ventures to be in three years? You know, I think Providence has done and Aaron has done and team have done a great job laying out uh, a roadmap, translating corporate strategy, the company strategy into a set of digital journeys. Uh, and I think it's realistic to have made you know substantial progress against those digital journeys in that time so that uh, the prov- the delivery of care to Providence uh, Providence's patients, Providence members, um, are is has changed, and it is it's more convenient, it's more patient centered, um, and it delivers more value at every turn. Just one more question, and I would love to just get, get a quick thought from each of you, and we'll kind of go. We can just kind of go, Aaron, and then Eric, and then Ted. If you had one lesson or piece of advice for entrepreneurs looking to break into uh, digital health, what would it be? So Avia helps Providence Ventures and my team go out and scan the marketplace for novel companies that can kind of really kind of crush a problem, you know, so that, and we call them internally, we call them best of breed. So go out and find a company that does an exceptional job at, 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 at delivering on a, you know, solving a problem that we've, we're, we're concerned about. So we've used, you know, Avia many times in the kind of, in, in that endeavor to kind of go out and help us, you know, find something like that. And then, you know, if we don't already have it and we can't find it through Avia and through Providence Ventures, then we'll actually build something. And we've got a team of, of almost 200 people who uh, are from, you know, mainly from the technology space. So a lot of, you know, ex-Amazonians and so ex-Amazon, ex-Microsoft, ex-Salesforce, you know, um, some folks from kind of startups 
uh, as well, it, mixed in with, you know, a group of folks from our healthcare system kind of living and, you know, uh, living together, if you will, you know, you know, in Seattle, uh, you know, uh, working on, you know, solving pro- important problems that we can't find a solution. And, and what it tells you is like, there's like, you know, most of the time, you're going to you're going to either already own the solution or you're going to be able to find it out in the marketplace but occasionally there's still some some really kind of um interesting white space where there isn't a solution that's been built and that's part of what my team does um and and I think you know the advice I would give to entrepreneurs to kind of circle it back to your original question is you know partner with somebody like Avia or something like somebody or a health system like uh, Providence very closely and literally try to get kind of inside the four walls, maybe even go work with them or work for them for, for a while as an EIR or, or, you know, you know, in, in a, in a, in a, in a job, in an innovation job there to really understand healthcare, because I always, you know, talk about how people are heavy, massive people from outside of healthcare, my, myself included, I'm guilty of this, come in with this massive amount of hubris around, you know, well, surely I'm here to help because there's no really good reason why that this industry is so dysfunctional. And there are actually really big structural and regulatory and complexity problems that are legitimate that they come to find out very quickly. So the faster you can kind of understand them and innovate around them, the better off you'll be. Makes sense. That's you know, obviously great advice for 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 people, for entrepreneurs out there. Eric? I would say start with a problem that matters about which you can be passionate. It matters because it needs to matter to you and needs to matter to the health system and needs to matter, needs to, matter you know, to really what is important um, so you can have impact. And then passion because it's going to require, it's going to require that to sustain the level of energy and effort that um, that it typically takes, and you know, healthcare isn't for um, the meek and the faint of heart. It's it's slow moving. There's there's a lot of resistance to change. You know, often for very very good reasons. And so, you know, one needs to be one needs to be in it for the right reasons in the long haul. Ted, I'll let you jump in. If you're coming from outside the industry, um, what I might say is. Um, approach it a little differently than you would um, another kind of problem. Outside the industry, you might think about how to build a platform that tackled lots of problems at once. And while that's fine in healthcare, the the way you get traction is to build is to find one very specific problem and go at it so that it's nailed. And nailing it means not only creating an, a solution that could potentially be plugged in, but making sure it integrates, collecting the data to show that it actually made a difference. And not just that it made a difference to patients, which matters, but that it made it easier to deliver care and maybe less expensive at the same time. And so all of that needs to get wrapped up um, in order to uh, achieve success. Uh, and I think it's easy to overlook that if you're coming from outside. Yeah, I, I just want to pile in on that last that last comment uh, that Ted made. I think it's totally right. Um, you know, one of the, the the pieces of advice I always give to entrepreneurs in healthcare is you got to earn the right to be a platform. You first have to solve an important problem and be able to kind of either to to Ted's point 
demonstrate either clinical or economic value or hopefully both that'll pay back in, you know, kind of less than a 12 month time frame. which, you know, um, and then, then what you can generally find is, is that there's, you know, and you got to have kind of the short story, long story, the short story that's going to matter to the customer is going to be that ROI argument. The long story that's going to matter to the VCs and to more senior people within the health system is going to be, all right, so Prove to me that ultimately I'm not just buying another point solution that I'm going to have to live with for some period of time, then throw away. Show me where this is ultimately going to where it's going to add, it's going to expand and add more value over time. But to Ted's point, you gotta, you can't, you can't start with that long story and expect, uh, uh, you know, the buyers to buy it. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. They're not going to, uh, they're, they're going to want immediate. Uh, they're going to want pretty immediate, especially in this economic environment in healthcare, they're going to want to be, want a, a, a quick uh, payback. Yeah, I'd, I'd even put an exclamation mark after that, Aaron. They're going to need an immediate and effective payback. It's, it's more than just a want, right? You're exactly right. And then if I could pile on top of that, I think that, uh, and that's, it's hard to hold yourself back because the challenges are so large. So you look at the way doctors deliver care and you say, I can make that easier, uh, and in fact, um, we are no shortage of ideas to make it easier for doctors to deliver care and take care of patients, make their life more efficient, more productive, more effective. Um, uh, you have to go at one thing. And then where Avia comes in uh, is Avia for a health system, for a health system executive that wants to look at moving the needle on say making it easier for their doctors to practice, giving them back a quarter of their time, can put together a set of solutions that make sense, that complement each other, that can do that. Um, but they're counting on the individual uh, entrepreneurs and individual um, solutions to stay in their swim lanes so that they keep getting better and better. That's a great point. I'd like to again thank Aaron Martin, Eric Langsher, and Ted Meisel for being with us today. Appreciate it very much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pat. Great fun. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, guys. That's the end of this episode of Providence Ventures Radio, where we talk specifically about funding the future of healthcare. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, or just want to tell us you appreciate the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Check out the Prov Innovation Channel on Medium and leave your thoughts, or follow Providence Ventures on Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next time.